Now, the human mind steps aside, giving way to new realms and reality alternatives. Welcome to the Alt Series. And again, welcome to Alt. This is number seven in the series, and we're glad that you're here with us. Again, we're in Kona, Hawaii, in the Chambre Pavilion. Jeff is getting ready with Adamus. And so with that, let's take some good deep breaths to really open up those energies. Get comfortable wherever you're seating or if you're lying down, whatever, get comfortable. Take a good deep breath. Feel it and let the energies flow. That good deep breath of life, of life. Praying as the human, the master, and the soul. Breathing and feeling. Breathing and allowing. Take that good deep breath. Feel it. Allow it. Adamus is here with every breath. So please, feel it. Feel it. He's here. Breathe it in with every breath. Take those good deep breaths as we Move forward. Breathe for you. Breathe with presence. I am that I am. Adamus of Sovereign Domain. I'm taking an extra big breath as we begin this first shout ever after Heaven's Cross. Big breath to feel ah the difference in in you, Shambra. <laughs> the difference in the new ones coming in, the difference on the planet Earth. And we're gonna talk about Heaven's Cross today. I've asked Linda to compile a list of questions from the Crimson Circle staff, uh, which I assume you have ready at any given moment. Heck yeah. Good. But before that, um, let's just take a good deep breath together. What a time. What a time we're in and almost surreal in a way, because it's the culmination of all of your lifetimes on the planet. There's still a stickiness that's occurring, and we're going to discuss that today, but let's ignore all that for a moment. Instead of racing through your mind and trying to figure out how you feel different or how the planet is different, let's just take a good deep breath right now. Good deep breath. We're here. We're here. It's been a hell of a journey. We made it. We're at this point, and you'll, you'll feel it. You'll see it. You'll hear the changes that come about. I'll talk about it in just a moment, but right now I'd like to have a special welcome to all of those who are new to the Crimson Circle. I'd like to point out a couple things for your benefit, but also for the benefit of Chambra, the ones that have been around for a while. It's, not an official, formal title. You don't get a certificate saying you're Chambra. Uh, you, you're self-appointed. You just realize one day, I am part of this group, Chambra. No membership dues, no fees, very few rules, very few rules, and that bothers some people. They want to have a lot of rules. We just don't have them. But this little discussion up front is also good for Chambra. Uh, kind of a reminder. And, and it's good for those Chambra that have um, uh, Alzheimer's, A-L-T-Heimer's, Alzheimer's. 
You see, because as you start going into the and, as you start expanding into the multiple realms, you get this little Alzheimer's. You tend to forget things. Uh, you, <laughs> you forget uh, where you left your car keys. You forget your name. You forget uh, what year it is, little things like that. There's nothing wrong with that at all. And I say it jokingly, but also with great compassion, because when somebody has Alzheimer's, in a sense what's happening is they're expanding into the other realms, but they're just they're not staying grounded or balanced in this realm. For those with Alzheimer's, it's a matter of staying grounded here. It's the and. You're here in this reality, hopefully enjoying life, and you're now expanded into the multidimensional realms. You're expanded uh, through this thing we call Heaven's Cross. You're expanded into the awareness of your own soul. So Alzheimer's. Chumbar, they tend to forget some of the things that we've talked about. I am Adamus, Adamus, and I open up by saying, of sovereign domain. That means I'm an ascended master. When you are in your sovereign house, it means you're beholden to nobody or nothing. You are your own one. And it's, uh, it's the, really the definition of being an ascended master, being in your sovereign domain. You are free. You are free to be all that you are, your past, your present, your future, your soul, your humanness. You are free to do all. I come from the beloved Saint Germain. I am an act of consciousness of Saint Germain. I come to Chambre as Saint Germain because I don't want there to be confusion between the Saint Germain of bygone eras, Saint Germain that was particularly challenged, uh, channeled by Guy Ballard many, many, many decades ago, or some of the ones that channel Saint Germain now. Uh, some are actually real, some not as real. But I want to establish clear lines because the work that Saint Germain that I do with Crimson Circle is very specific. It's very much about going from awakening into realization and staying on the planet. That journey from awakening to realization is long, it's arduous, it's challenging, as so many of you know, and you're probably nodding your head, yes, challenging. What we're doing here with the Crimson Circle is giving people guidelines. We're giving them support and encouragement. You, Chambra, who have been here a while, have laid out a history, your stories, to help others when they're going through those challenging moments, when they're not sure if they want to stay or they want to leave, when they're not sure of what is reality anymore. Your stories are helping them as they go along their journey. They'll do it in their own way, at their own pace, but to have your stories is going to be uh, sacred for them. So I come as Adamus. I've asked that no others channel Adamus, uh, not that it is uh, proprietary for any sort of business purpose for Crimson Circle. It is about, I do not want a confusion in the message. I don't want any other messengers other than Kaldra and accompanied by dear Linda of Issa. I don't want there to be confusion. There is a tremendous responsibility on them, and on the Crimson Circle staff, and on Chambra to not get this muddled, to not, not confuse others by multiple messages. I want a very clear message. and. When that message is delivered, when we're, when we're done with building this library of shouds and information, then it will be my time to semi-retire. 
about 2025. I'll come back from time to time to talk to Shambra. Of course, to entertain you, make you laugh like I always do. Uh, sometimes to give you a gentle nudge, and sometimes a swift kick in the backside. Uh, but at that point, we're going to have accomplished what we did at the very beginning of Crimson Circle to create the energetic library for all others who will come by way of their awakening into their realization and stay on the planet as embodied masters. As soon as I started working with Caldra, the one you call Jeffrey, I, I know him as Caldra. It's hard to break that habit. Jeffrey doesn't sound quite right for him. As soon as I started working with him, and from the very first time after Tobias left, I said, "You must open your eyes. You must." And, and it was a, quite a struggle. He didn't want to open his eyes. He didn't want to see all the people staring. But Caldra, they're not staring at you. They're staring at me, and I'm fine with that. So open your eyes. Let's be real about this. Well, let's not sit there with closed eyes off in la-la land somewhere. I want this to be grounded. I want it to be very real. Once he got a little bit used to that, although he still complains about it, then I said, we're going to walk around. We're going to walk and talk. When we have audiences of Chambra, I want to engage with them. I want to feel them, and more than anything, I want them to feel me. We're not going to sit here on a chair with eyes closed off in some other dimension. I am right here with you, as well as you right here with me, in this now moment, but also expanded into the other realms. This word that you hear, Shambra, Shambra, Tobias first talked about it. It comes from an old term used thousands of years ago in the time of Christ, of Yeshua. It was a group that gathered together on occasion. They met um, secretly, privately. Many of them had backgrounds from the Essenes. And what Shambra meant at the time was family of strength, Shaham Barach, family of strength, or also known as family of the rock. This group has gotten back together again in this lifetime. They came with a call of Tobias in 1999 and 2000 from all around the world. They came, took no effort. Uh, there wasn't some big outreach program. There was no evangelizing. There was no marketing, uh, nothing. They found their way to this group because they know there was work to do here on the planet. They took on the name Shambra as their own. It wasn't uh, something, a guideline from Crimson Circle. They identified as Shambra. And here we are today, thousands of years later. Here we are for the culmination of the very work that was done thousands of years ago, planting the seeds of divinity into the consciousness or mass consciousness of the planet, into the earth itself. And here we are now. Now this group Shambra, they're, they're a rebel group. Ah, I wasn't quite so sure if I even wanted to work with this group after Tobias left. Uh, rebels, they don't do homework. They cuss and they swear. They, they call themselves pirates. And I thought to myself, here I am, an ascended master, kind of retired into my own sovereign domain. Why would I want to take on this group? And the reason was simple, because they were absolutely dedicated to being here on the planet 
to coming to their own realization, what some of you call enlightenment. They were dedicated to staying on the planet then as embodied masters to radiate their light, their consciousness onto the planet at this most critical and epic time. They're not an easy group to work with. I'm, I'm talking to the new ones now. I'm just giving them a heads up. They're not the easiest group. They're rebels. They, they don't give them a rule and they'll tear it up. You tell them what they have to do and they'll do just the opposite. You ask them to do homework, ah, they'll go out drinking instead. This group, just to be forewarned, they drink coffee. A lot of them drink coffee. They drink wine and other things as well. This group swears. They say words like shit and fuck, and if that bothers you, this is not the right place because I do too. Uh, there, there's no negative connotations, and somebody might say, oh, how can an Ascended Master swear? Well, fuck. We all swear at the Ascended Master's Club because it doesn't have the spin on it that humans associate with. Oh, we're not some holy, pious, we're not a bunch of popes sitting around in heaven. We came the hard way to our own realization. Every one of us struggled and suffered. We have the right to say fuck when we want to say fuck, because that's what we were when we were going through our realization, so often feeling absolutely fucked. So it doesn't bother me to say it one bit. If it bothers you, this is not the right place at all. But if you are absolutely dedicated to your realization, not about saving the planet, that we got a different way of doing that. If you are absolutely dedicated to your realization without macchio, macchio, it means spiritual bullshit, spiritual distraction. And that's what happens to everyone that comes out of awakening on their way to realization. They get distracted. I got distracted. Linda got distracted. Caldera definitely got distracted. It happens. And then you realize that's a bunch of macchio. Macchio distractions, things like uh, uh, certain healing practices or that you have to meditate or uh, do prayers or uh, do volunteer work or do long trances or sweat lodges, anything that is a distraction, because there's only one thing. It's about returning back to yourself, being realized here on the planet. How do you do that? How do you become realized? You understand that it is a natural process that happens. It's already happening. At the soul levels, all the movement is there, everything. It's only for you as the human to allow it. It's your one job allowing a natural process. The moment you start tinkering with it, with these, uh, with macchio, the moment you start thinking that you have to wear magnets in your shoes, or you have to wear a certain type of hat, or that you have to be a vegan or a vegetarian, and if you are, that's fine, but if you think you have to as part of your realization, that is macchio. And we call it, we call it in the Crimson Circle. Schomburg will call each other on the Machio. I'm happy to call it when I see it, because it's a distraction. And it's easy to get distracted for two, three, four, five lifetimes with Machio. There is one thing to do once you say no more to the old cycles of incarnation, the old cycles of karma. Once you say no more, 
everything else starts to move at the in the other levels of your soul. It's up to you, the human, to experience it and to allow it. Dear, dear human, it's not up to you to do realization, not whatsoever. If it was up to you, you would probably still keep just experiencing, because that's what the human does. It is the experiential division of your soul. That's that part of your soul that came to Earth, that took on a body, that's here to experience. That's, that's the human's responsibility. And if realization was up to you, you just continue to experience what it was like trying to find realization and never get there. Now, it's really about allowing a natural process to take place and letting yourself experience each and every day to its fullest. The bad days, mm -hmm. the good days, all days. Allow yourself to experience without pushing it aside, without, without saying, I don't like this, I don't like that. This, what you're going through right now, is the most beautiful thing, and you'll never do it again. You'll never come back this way. You'll never do it again. Let yourself experience it through the difficulties and challenges. That makes great stories for later. Let yourself experience the joy of it. Let yourself experience what it's like to let go of what you would call the uh, expectations of going into realization. Experience it, and suddenly, when you're allowing and experiencing, the friction stops. Friction is the thing that makes it so difficult, that, that wears you out. You're overthinking this. You're, you're trying to humanize a process that cannot be done by the human. Have trust in the soul. It's, it already knows. It's already there helping you to come to your realization. But when you insist on doing it yourself, when you're saying, oh, I've got, a, I've got all these steps and processes, and I can't drink coffee anymore, and I can't uh, wear underwear anymore because you know masters don't do that, the soul simply steps back and says, whatever. Come back when you're ready. Whatever. So back to Chambra. It's a gritty group. It's a tough group to work with, but I never had so much fun in all my eternalness as an Ascended Master is working with this group. On top of that, a process that could have taken ages, lifetimes and lifetimes, is happening now in one lifetime, coming to realization. Years ago, Tobias said that he thought it would take three, four, five lifetimes to come to it. They're doing it in one. Oh, they're doing it crazy, crazy, but they're doing it in one. And not just a full lifetime, they're doing it in 10 years, 20 years. I know you're, you think that sounds like a long time, but it's not. And on top of that, what was always known what would, ha would happen uh, was this thing called the apocalypse, which means the unveiling, the moving the cover, the lid aside. It was difficult to try to say exactly when that was going to happen, because it's really up to humanity. There were some that there were some ascended masters that felt it would happen sometime, you know, in in these years that we're in now, maybe up through 2030, 2040. A lot of ascended masters would have put their money on. Oh yes, we gamble uh, all the time. They would have put their money on it happening maybe 50 years from now, maybe longer. But 
there were a group of us, particularly the ones that have done work with Shambra, the likes of Kathumi and Tobias and others, that knew it was going to happen sooner than that. Didn't know the exact date. Didn't didn't really want to know the exact date. You know, being an ascended master, it's not a like like uh, you run around like a know-it-all. You know only as much as you need to know in the moment, and that's a good clue for humans too. But suddenly, as we were watching and measuring and feeling into what was happening on the planet, suddenly as we realized there were so many humans now, what we call benching, that's where you just sit down, take a deep breath, and you let your light shine without agenda. You're not trying to save the world, but you just let that light shine. As we were monitoring all this, we realized that the consciousness of the planet was changing very fast, changing drastically. Now, it had been changing for a long time, but once we got into the specifics of benching, not just Chambra but others around the world, we watched how it just started taking off this level of consciousness. I was one night. We were sitting around the Ascended Masters Club, and yes, there really is such a place, because why not? What, what do you just think we just hang around as kind of light beings doing nothing? No, we get together. We, we were humans. We get together in our Ascended Masters Club. No, we don't have uh, formal meetings and we don't uh, do elections. We don't do elections because I told everybody I'm the self-appointed president, so why do elections? We were talking uh, one evening and suddenly it dawned on us. Uh, yes, by the way, a question just came up. Do you eat dinner? Yeah, why not? Now, we don't gain weight. We don't have to um, have our body eliminate. Why not? We were humans. Every, every ascended master that ever that is has lived on earth, and there were things we loved about being humans. Yes, that too. Things we loved about being humans, and why not just recreate it, but in a way that you never get stuck in it? Isn't that the definition of heaven? Doing what you want to do, but not getting stuck in it, not getting all wounded not making yourself dependent on others. If you want to eat, you eat. If you want to dance, you dance. Why not? It, being an Ascended Master is kind of like the very best of being a human. You can do what you want for yourself, and you never get stuck. So therefore, you never acquire fears and doubts. You never uh, get this low energy thing. You're always doing what you choose. You remember that as a human there were consequences uh, that led to some kind of not-so-good things, but at the Ascended Master's Club, or as an Ascended Master, you don't do those things. You have too much wisdom now. You don't, you don't do dumb things anymore. You're far too wise, but you do things that you love to do. A lot of them sing, play music, write, draw, uh, it's, uh, and we're not always doing it all the time, but there's something special about getting together with other Ascended Masters and just being human in heaven. That's what it's like. But back to the point. Uh, the point is that suddenly at the Ascended Masters Club one night, music was playing and we were all laughing and the door flung open. It was Tobias. 
uh, Tobias, who used to work with the Crimson Circle. Uh, he'd been gone for a while. He was back down on Earth in the role of Sam, but uh, he came back um, towards the end of uh, last year, towards the end of 2022. He came flying through the door and said, Eureka! It looks like we're there. We all stopped. We were stunned, and we said, oh, "It looks like we're where? What, what are you talking about, Tobias?" And he said, "I've been really feeling into the energies. I've been consulting with the Crimson Council, this angelic council that that monitors the Earth. I think the consciousness is now ready. I think it's ready to go now." We had kind of known it was coming, but we didn't know the exact date. And here, Tobias flying through the door, saying, "It's actually happening." It was a it was a revelation. It's going to happen now, now. And it was March twenty second. Mm. We all felt into it. We knew it was coming much sooner than later. But suddenly, there was the date. It was it. We were kind of stunned. Because this is something all of us have been waiting for, and suddenly, it's here. Something all of you have been waiting for, and suddenly it's here. There is enough consciousness on the planet now, in humanity, to open up the realms, the apocalypse, to take aside the veil, to move that, that barrier aside, and open up the accessibility of the divinity to the humans who are ready. Now, it doesn't mean everybody. There's a lot who's still going about their life, and you could say in a, in a, a sleeping state or uh, relatively unconscious, and that's fine. They're getting their experiences that their soul desires. But for many others, it was suddenly the time, the time, and here we are now in the apocalypse. It happened ten days ago, and some of you are are wondering. Well, I don't feel anything. I don't. Uh, nothing happened in the planet. Uh, there was no great big uh, catastrophe or war or or major healing or anything. Nothing happened. It's just another day. I challenge you, each and every one of you who thinks that. I challenge those of you who don't feel that anything happened within you. You're looking in the wrong place. You're looking for well. Basically, you're looking on the outside, even the outside of yourself. There is something happening, and I'd like you to listen for a moment now. I'd like you to listen. Take a good deep breath, and just listen, and sense, and feel. Take a good deep breath. March 22nd, 10 days ago. Mark as the opening. Access between the realms. So many of you woke up the next morning and looked out the window, metaphorically speaking. Looks all the same. Yeah, it will for a while. As the day went by, you felt into yourself. 
I don't feel any different. I feel a little bit more tired and anxious, but I don't feel different. You're still looking for things that are on the outside. Even what I would say you're in your body and your mind are kind of on the outside. Just take this moment with me to listen and to sense. You're not necessarily going to feel it in your toes. You know, your thoughts are, well, they're going to be your th thoughts for a while. They're going to be just like they were, but there's something else happening. You're not going to suddenly Look like you're 10 years younger. Sorry. Suddenly changing your diet or anything like that. But there's something happening. I, I invite you to listen at, at a layer you might have never listened to before. But generally, you're listening to your own thoughts and to the outside world, of course. You're listening to your own thoughts and feeling your body, but there's a layer there. Where there's a lot happening. It's very subtle. It's called your divinity. You're light. You're, you're not used to seeing it, having it, feeling it in your everyday life. You're used to the mind and its thoughts and your body and its aches and pains and, and the whole outside world. You're not used to this thing. You're light, your consciousness. Hell, it was sealed off for a long time. It was off somewhere else now. coming into your presence. I invite you to sense at that level. And it's not a thought. You can't get there through your thoughts. So you take a deep breath and you just let that go and just sense and feel. mind says, well, I don't hear anything. I don't and tell your mind to shut up and let yourself sense what's happening with your consciousness. Have you ever felt your consciousness before? Have you ever felt your consciousness before? I think not. Let yourself feel it now. If you're saying, well, where should I look? 
It's always right there. It's right there. You don't have to look. You just let it come to you now and feel it. breath and you realize, just let it come to you. Nothing you can think your way into. You can't go out there to get it. You take a deep breath and you allow it. That's, that's it. That's what's happening right now. We'll talk about more more of it in just a moment, but this is what starts with Heaven's Cross. Not like the whole world is going to change in one day. Uh, that would have been rather inappropriate because then everything would have blown up. Uh, you know, this this starts at those subtle levels. It starts at the level of consciousness and light within yourself. What we also call your divinity. It starts out very subtle. It's kind of like, um, to use an analogy, you take a, a pan, like a pan that you'd normally put soup or something in, and you fill it with water, cold water from the tap. You take it over to the stove and you turn on the flame of your stove, you put the pan on it. Then it's like if you put your finger in the pan of, in the water right away, it's going to feel cold, and you're going to say, "What's wrong? I don't feel anything." I put it on the flame. It's in the pan. It's supposed to be hot. And you think, "Well, maybe I'll, I'll just wait a moment." You wait about two seconds, and you put your finger in again. And you say, "Well, it's still cold. Nothing's happening." And then you get frustrated, and it's like, "Damn it, Joe! Things never work out for me." You wait a little while longer, maybe another seven seconds, and you put your finger in it and you say, It's still cold. Then you get pissed off and you walk away. This, this thing is stupid, thinking that there's ever going to be hot water. You walk away, you get distracted, and then suddenly, about an hour later, you realize, Oh, I left the stove on. You go running back, and sure enough, Steam coming up, and there's not a lot of water left. It's all been steamed away, but steam coming up and boiling over and everything else. That's kind of what it's like with Heaven's Cross, with your consciousness. You see, it starts coming in. The flame is there. The flame is the divinity. You fill yourself with the water, which is with life itself, and then some expect that suddenly the water is going to boil right away. It doesn't. It, it, it happens slowly comes up slowly. And you get frustrated and aggravated and you get mad at me and you get mad at yourself and and then you go do something else. All this time that flame, the divine flame is heating up the consciousness, expanding the consciousness, getting it ready for you to return to then begin working with it and using it. But you no, know, it's you put your finger in the water what, one day after Heaven's Cross, or like two days after, and it still feels cold. 
you have to realize that there is a process going on. It's a it's an alchemy. It's a process that's taking place in a way that it's not going to overwhelm you physically, mentally, emotionally. It's kind of like the same thing using another analogy, looking at it a different way. You see, there are some embers in, in a fire that you built a little while back, and there's still a few embers in there. So you take a few logs and throw them on. But they're not going to start burning right away, particularly if the embers are low, meaning your own life force energy. You throw the logs on, nothing happens. You even blow on it a little bit, uh, you're thinking that you're going to get it going. And it doesn't. You start choking, you get upset with the whole thing, and you walk away. You come back a little while later, and there's this huge flame going. That's what it's like with Heaven's Cross. The embers have always been there, and now there's more of you being added to that fire of life. It'll catch. It'll catch on. It'll catch on. It's like the water analogy. You put the flame to it. It'll catch on. It'll eventually start boiling. The best thing to do right now is just to let yourself feel into it. Don't try to force it. Don't don't try to like like struggle with it and pull it into. It's there already. Feel it. Allow it. And watch how everything works out in its divine goodness. As far as the outside world, it'll take a while for it to change, but right now it too has a fire put underneath it. Because you're bringing in more consciousness, that consciousness then has the uh, has an effect on the rest of the planet. Now things aren't necessarily going to change right away. Some interesting phenomena happens, and you're going to notice that this is really a the year of quantum weirdness. But in terms of those who think that suddenly the United Nations is going to de- declare peace uh, on the world and everybody's going to be happy uh, right away, it, it's it takes a while. Let's take a deep breath with that. We'll answer some questions in a moment, but first I wanted to uh, explain a little bit about the Heaven's Cross set here. It was guided by me, executed by the production team, and perhaps some things that you might not have noticed. Uh, it was important to have no, no, stay there, dear Linda. It was important to have a something that was so appropriate to what we were doing. You notice that we have the altar and these pillars, which weigh hundreds and hundreds of pounds each. Uh, they're granite, solid granite. They're symbolizing being grounded, staying grounded on this planet. When this type of event happens, it's real easy to pop off into the other realms and not still be here. So I wanted something that symbolized that, that strength, that solid connection to the earth. Then I wanted something for the top, the tabletop, and specifically uh, wood. And this is something that the the team uh, put together, ran out and found a beautiful piece of very rare and quite expensive coal wood, and in a matter of days had it uh, had it sanded, finished, and looking beautiful for our ceremony. Then the centerpiece here, the the bowl. We talked about this being. The bowl where you turn things over to the soul. This was one of the most important parts of the ceremony that we had going into Heaven's Cross, because you don't want to go there carrying all the old junk. You don't want it. Leave it in the bowl. 
whatever the issues are, and you don't have to even identify them, I just take my crap, my shit, and I want to put it in the bowl. By the way, the soul doesn't mind if you use the word shit either. Some of you, oh, new ones are like, how could they talk like that? We don't, doesn't have a spin on us. It does on you, but not on us. But let's get real. Put your junk in there, your crap, your whatever you want to call it, your issues or your problems. I call it your crap. Put it in there. Any unresolved things in your life. You don't have to work your way through them with counseling or therapy or prayer or anything else. It's just about you saying, I'm ready to leave these behind. And that was the purpose of this beautiful bowl. What happens with it? The soul takes it, all those problems, everything else, and turns it into wisdom. Because ultimately it's really not a problem or a bad thing you did or any of that. It is simply the experience of a human. The soul takes all of those, anything, if you put it in the bowl, if you let go of it. But so many humans, they insist on carrying it with them. And then they wonder why this journey is so difficult. Put it in the bowl. Let the soul transmute it into wisdom. That's what the soul does. That it's what, what it's, that's why it gets paid the big bucks for the work that it does. It takes your garbage and turns it into jewels. And then also the heaven's cross projected on I wanted something natural to have it projected onto, and that happens to be a bamboo panel, because it's like intersecting the natural, something from Earth, with the beauty of the Heaven's Cross, the light that's shining. So we created this magnificent, very symbolic set for, for our Heaven's Cross journey. And I ask that it be here again today during our shout. So with that, Linda has questions compiled by the staff or put together by the staff uh, to represent all of you. So uh, Linda's got the questions ready. Here we go. Okay. You talk about letting go, leave it at the altar. Yes. Of those things not serving us. However, doing it with visualization or convincing myself that I'm letting go is no longer enough. It feels limited. What would be a more practical and updated approach to letting go? To let go. You see, it's funny because humans will argue for their, for their issues. Uh, they'll let go of some things but not others. Uh, once you get to a point of a certain, I'm going to call it spiritual or soul maturity, you stop thinking that you have to have all sorts of rituals or guided experiences or uh, go through some long laborious uh, process to let go or have to do inner child healing or even past life healing. A, a truly mature spiritual being will say, I can let it go. I'm going to put it in the bowl and my soul can flush it down then and turn it into wisdom. You get into the head, you get into all the, well, can I really put this in there? Is this just a game? Yeah, it's just a game, but so is living on planet Earth. It's coming to the point where you realize that you are a master. I can turn this crap over. I don't need to carry it anymore. I don't want to carry it anymore. I don't want that in my life. And then you turn, you put it in the bowl and let it go. But what happens is then um, many of the viewers, listeners, 
Uh, well, did I really do that, or did I do everything, or don't I have to like uh, do ohms and chants at the bowl for an hour and a half every morning before I – you just messed it up. You messed up a really good thing. What you don't want, what you is not yours anymore, what you're willing to let go, put it in on the altar of the soul. Put it in the bowl and let it go, and then it will be. Don't look back. Don't stop and say, well, is it really gone to the soul? You know, you could even say you assume, but you just know, yes, the soul is taking care of it. And the wisdom that comes from it, it'll come back to you. You say, well, at what time is it going to come back? When it's appropriate, when you need it, not a moment before and not a moment after. You start acting like a master rather than a human trying to be a master. You master up. Even if it's an act, even if you're, you think you're making it up, you start acting like a master and then you become one. It's that simple. Uh, so put all your crap in the bowl. And by the end when, of our session today, when we do them rub, let the soul take it away. Don't look back. Don't, did the soul really take it? Who is the soul? Is the soul close to me? Does the soul know where I live? Does it know my phone number? Stop it. Just put it in the bowl and move on with your life. Good, good question. Was that the last one? No. Oh, hardly. Okay. Good. Okay. What would be the worst thing to do right now that would limit our experiences after Heaven's Cross? To worry about <clears throat> it, to wonder about it. It happened. It's here now. Allow it to be. The moment you start saying, "Oh, I don't feel it," and uh, "My shoulder still hurts. It hurt before Heaven's Cross, and it still hurts," or uh, "I wake up in the same bed," or uh, any of those things, you're testing it. You're you're overanalyzing it. It happened. I'm going to tell you, and we're going to have a good laugh about it someday. I'll laugh anyway, because you're going to say, "Adamus, you know." It was the, the day after Heaven's Cross, and I was almost obsessed, and th then I was worried I didn't do it right. Or then I thought maybe it was just a big April Fool's joke, <laughs> which it is April Fool's today, yes, but it is that today. was no joke. You noticed Heaven's Cross wasn't on April 1st. Thank goodness. That would have been fun. But you, you, you just, uh, when you start to worry and obsess, you just start living it. I am a master. I have access to my divinity. And, and then it starts happening. It starts becoming so. So uh, the worst thing to do is to create friction, and the friction is doubt, worry, and they say, well, no, but I have to analyze and evaluate because maybe this was all a hoax. All right, have fun. The rest of us are moving on. We're going to assume, we're going to know that it happened, and we're going to laugh about it in the future because you look back and go, holy crap, that really did take place. I was just so impatient, I kept on putting my finger into the water seconds after I turned on the heat, expecting that it was supposed to be boiling right away, and it wasn't. So the, the, uh, just the, the, it's like with yourself, when you overanalyze and you doubt and you question and you go into all this uh, jurying work, you know, having the, the jury about yourself, that's, that's that's when you really miss out on life. You take a deep breath, you assume that, or you know that you're a master, and move on. Good. A little more here? Sure. There seems to be a Heaven's Cross ripple effect with mm. old issues coming back up. Even though we put all of this in the soul's altar, how do we best deal with this? Sure. Uh, what you've done 
if we want to break this down, which we don't really need to, but when you put the stuff in the altar, okay. it's basically taking things you weren't even aware of, uh, that you hadn't even thought about in a while, and you're putting it in there. And you're letting the soul transmute it to wisdom. During the transmutation process, uh, you might get some flashbacks, some memories, and you might get that feeling. You've released something within you. There's a void now, but it's kind of like the the issues. Ha- you know, there's ghosts that are trying to remind you. You just realize, hey, those aren't mine anymore. Hey, soul, you know, take it away, and and let it bring it to wisdom. Now, when the wisdom starts coming back. It's pure wisdom now, without the an energy imbalance, but in a way, there's still a little bit of a scent or maybe a fingerprint of the wisdom, uh, the the issues that uh, used to be there that are now wisdom, and and it's not like going to be a constant reminder, but it's like, oh yeah, that pearl of wisdom came from those old things which I left go, and you take a deep breath and walk down the road. So they're not there to haunt you, but it's like a little little after effect. What would you call it? A ripple effect. And it's it's not that you didn't release it. It's simply that well, it left a void and, and a little bit of a well, I, in a strange way of you missing some of those old things. Uh, you get so used to working. I, I know you're disagreeing, but you got used to working and with your issues and problems and. Once you let them go, it's there's a little bit of empty space. More, please. What advice can you Adamas give to Shambra who haven't felt anything after the opening of Heaven's Cross, and are now quite disappointed about it and wondering if anything has happened at all? I would suggest this: that you go out and buy the very best bottle of wine that you can afford and go home and drink it all in one night. You're too tight. You're too uh, expecting you're putting your finger in the water uh, 2 seconds after you turned on the heat expecting it now to be boiling. You're too caught up in the mind and and this has been 10 days. Only 10 days since heaven's uh, cross and, and the opening. It takes a while to sink in. There are some dynamics at place here, and I don't want to get too mental about this because I'm trying to get away from that, but there's a gravitational effect. Gravity plays a huge role in everything that's happening right now. Uh, You could say that when Heaven's Cross occurred, when the apocalypse started, the gravity that holds uh, things in place, not so much physical right now, but more of the emotional mental, it's starting to loosen up. And as that gravity, as that gravity loosens, uh, it, it lets go of the strong grip of old things that you're hanging on to and, and old beliefs that have limited you. So it gradually, gradually starts opening up. But as it does, let's say there was um, an old wound, an old, an old story that you had that was really, really stuck. There is kind of a there's the gravity that's releasing it, but there is also almost a magnetic force, not physics, uh, physical magnetics, but another force that's wanting to bring it back. You know, you're letting go of things, 
And then part of you is like, oh, I missed that. You know, it was a it was a placeholder. It was part of my identity. So it's kind of a, a reverse effect taking place at the same time. Don't worry about it because the as the more consciousness comes into your life, it releases that gravity even more and it overcomes that temporary magnetic effect. So the best thing is don't worry about it and, and allow it to happen and then it does. Good. Okay, here's a little bit of a long question. Oh. During the days leading to Heaven's Cross, gravity seemed to have reversed. Everything was becoming easy, feeling great physically, having incredible synchronicities fall into place. I was enjoying the prospect of a state of grace in life. A few days after Heaven's Cross, I got strange ailments, had annoying experiences in everyday life, and had complications in many activities. WTF? Yes. My mind is ready to invalidate Heaven's Cross, but there's a small part that knows better. What brain folder should I file this recent experience under? Is it old, unfinished business? Shit is in my life because I get something from it, or this is the ebb and flow of gravity, and I should not doubt that gravity is loosening. No, it's the ebb and flow of gravity, and you're going to have good days, you're going to have better than good days, and you're going to have some rough days. you're going through a lot. Uh, it's a, I don't want to say it's a healing process. It's a transformational process, and there's going to be ups and downs in it. But uh, if you take a deep breath and stop worrying, are you doing it right, and just do it? Uh, there's going to be a lot less friction. There'll be stuff. There'll be, because you've lived so long in a, a kind of a, a, a psychic pattern of doubt. That doubt is still going to try to come in and. Then it's going to get kind of upset when it can't as much as it did, with the gravitational effect loosening, and then the doubt kind of gets angry and and is going to come back and and try to really uh, make its way into your life. You don't have to worry about it because the gravity, the the magnificence of the consciousness itself is going to move the doubt out. But if you get engaged with it now with the mind and you start doubting yourself and doubting the doubt and then letting the doubt doubt you, you get caught in this uh, in this maze. You'll get out of it, no doubt about it. Um, even, if you, even if you think you never will, even if you almost try not to get out of it, you're gone too far now. So these are the very, very early days of the uh, apocalypse. It's just it's the readjustment that takes place. Uh, it's, like, um, it's like getting a new car, you know, as nice as it sounds and you're all excited about it beforehand and you get rid of that old clunker, you get the new car and you're suddenly missing things about your old car. You're suddenly starting to think and doubt, maybe I shouldn't have gotten a new car. Maybe I can't afford the new car. Maybe my old car liked me better than my new car does. Maybe I'm not worthy of this new car. And you go into all that, but after you've driven it for, what, a week maybe, you're like, I really like my new car. It's smooth. It's reliable. I look good driving around in it, and I can pay for it easily. So it's just kind of that um, after effect. Okay. Yeah. Since Heaven's Cross, I'm extremely quickly exhausted and physically hardly resilient. Is this something related to the light body? Uh, it's all of the above. Uh, you can put just about anything in there. It's for many of you. It's related to coming back now uh, much more present after doing so much realm work. 
you're tired from that work. It's not physically tiring, but it's energetically tiring. What what you were doing, and particularly in the last couple of months, so busy uh, with uh, last minute work uh, preparing for Heaven's Cross. So you come back here, and it's actually your you could say your angelic self that's very tired, and. It's funny because the angelic self uh, doesn't have a physical body that can get tired, but it could just be energy kind of low. And there's no better place for it to take a good nap or have a good sleep uh, than your physical body. You see, so it comes from there, kind of worn out, comes into your physical body and says, Oh, now I can really sleep. Because, you know, angelic beings don't really sleep anyway. So it comes in, it's like, Now I can sleep. It's just the after effects uh, for others of you who didn't do the the realm walking, realm working. It's just the whole changeover that's taking place, and and you know how it is sometimes. Uh, you just when there's a big change, it can be very tiring. It's taking an effect on your body. There was a huge um, release in your aniatron on the day of Heaven's Cross. That's why some of you felt physically strange because. The aniatron now that it's the communication network for your body is is slowly going away. There was a big change on the day of Heaven's Cross where it suddenly realizes it's on its way out. It's trying to do its uh, final work uh, as the light body starts coming in, and all this takes a toll, uh, energy-wise, physically, emotionally, mentally. And that's why right now is the best time to just take a deep breath and allow and go about your life. Do what you want to do now. Uh, do what makes you happy and joyful. But yes, there is this after effect of whether it's being tired or sometimes just feeling agitated, irritated, because again, you know what it's like? Uh, let's say your, your body was sick, it had the flu, and now you're going through the healing afterwards. Uh, and your body is reacclimating, and you just feel irritated. Well, this is like every part of you, your body, your mind, your every part of you is going through this adjustment. So uh, look at it this way. If there's anything that's happening, whether it's physical pain, uh, doubt in the mind, anything else, these are all just indicators that something happened. Now, some of you are kind of flying through it with ease and grace because a lot of you knew to be away from other people, to uh, to do this on your own, and not to overindulge yourself with too many activities. So you said, "I'm going to be by myself. I'm going to go through this gracefully." Uh, others of you just feeling the effects of it, and just everything you feel right now is really part of everything that's happening with Heaven's Cross. It's different if you're feeling absolutely nothing. If you're feeling just numb, absolutely nothing, not good, not bad, numb, that's a little bit different. Uh, but uh, What does that mean, different? Well, if you're feeling a nothingness, you, you don't even feel nothingness. I mean, you're, you're, just, you're not feeling good, you're not feeling bad. You're not feeling uh, any different, no, not really any body pain, or you're just numb. Um, if you were walking through a forest and suddenly a, a branch came down out of a tree and clunked you on the head, knocked you unconscious, you go into a state of shock, uh, of being numb for a little while. Mm. It's the body's way of coping with, uh, with the uh, 
uh, what just happened as not to overwhelm you. So you go into either you're knocked unconscious or you go into a state of shock. And it's a lot of times it's not till the next day that you really start hurting. You got a day of feeling almost nothing. I'm wondering how you could feel nothing, but the next day it's terrible. You wake up in the morning and you are sore everywhere. And that's kind of what you're going through. It, it was so big that it kind of numbed you. Uh, and your next questions to me then are when, when you really wake up to it and say, like, Oh my God, I wished I was numb again because this is, this is so big. Uh, this is related. Um, so the experience is very individual, is, is what it sounds like you're saying. Yeah, yes. And is the amount of time or length of this process individual also? Oh, absolutely. But, but there are certain overall trends. I, I don't want to get too much into those because otherwise it, uh, there's expectations. Okay. There's a lot of expectations going right, into this, already. but um, I, I want you to experience it, and we're going to document this in many different ways uh, with some individuals and, and as a group, what it was like to go through this, because there are others who will be coming along the way that really weren't in an awakened state on the day of Heaven's Cross, but they're going to have their own kind of apocalyptic uh, beginning. So I don't want to overly define it right now. I want, okay. I want Chamber to share what you're going through, everything. Okay. There was the expectation that on that day that uh, there was going to be fairy dust, unicorns, and, and cotton candy everywhere on the planet, or a complete disaster, and that suddenly, that suddenly um, you were totally transformed. They're all actually accurate in a way, but you're just looking into the future. On that particular day is the beginning of that process. And whether it takes till the end of the year for you to go through your particular process or another year after that, it's not really it's not really the the issue. It's about this opening that occurred that provides more accessibility and grounded here on earth. Uh, that's the important thing. So I would really suggest for everybody to have a journal to write down what they're going through and to look back on it then in six months. Okay, this is just a quickie. You've, you've kind of already answered okay. this. I know that something's changing. I feel it quite clearly, but there's also a slight feeling of irritation and confusion. It is weird to know that something is happening, but not knowing what it is. Is this confusion a normal thing in this phase? I don't want to say it's normal because we've never gone through this. It's all new, but you're feeling something, but you don't know what it is, and that's that's uh, that, that's pretty will be pretty common because you don't know necessarily what consciousness feels like. Uh, you've never really been into that, and now suddenly it's there. The mind is still trying to identify and anchor to things that it knew before to do this qualia. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's frustrated and annoyed because it can't, but it'll back down. And now you have this, uh, this new sense of consciousness and divinity, but you never really felt it before as a human here on the planet. Now it starts to unfold. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, a these, couple more. Okay. And these are your build questions. Okay. okay. All my life, especially in the past few years, was all about realization, and I was very determined to not get distracted from it all. Yes. Now that Heaven's Cross has been achieved, should I still be aware of not getting distracted? When you say it's time we enjoy life, 
I'm not quite sure what that means because I sort of blocked out some aspects of my life that appeared to be distractions, including some fun things. Is there something you can recommend about opening to the world again? Yes, and, and uh, I do appreciate you not getting distracted. So many of you were so committed, uh, have been so committed and dedicated and working <coughs> in earnest uh, for your realization. Now you can take a deep breath and let go of that, uh, truly. Uh, you're not going to get distracted if you're at this point where you can ask the question. You are not going to get distracted. Now you can actually enjoy life, but that raises some fears. Do you know how to enjoy life? Do you know how to do what you want to do? Do you remember what it's like to have fun, to laugh? Because you've been so serious about this journey for a long time. And that's going to be an interesting challenge to, to be able to say, can I just enjoy my life without having to work on myself or work on the planet? Uh, you'll get there. But there'll be some frustrating moments because uh, you're so used to like this diligent hard work. You've conditioned yourself to it. And then suddenly to say, you know, it's done. It's kind of like when humans, they work all their life and they retire, and then what? But the beauty is you're going to stick around on the planet a while and find what you really love to do, even if it's just sitting on a park bench. Uh, some of you will love to take up cooking, uh, or you just love to take long walks and it doesn't matter. You just you don't have to how do I say that? you don't have to try to find purpose anymore. Uh, no goals, no purpose. You are simply in beingness, and there's a huge difference. Okay. Interestingly, right now in the week after Heaven's Cross, an open letter came out to immediately stop the rapid development of AI for six months because the danger of it all getting out of hand is too high. Mm -hmm. Many big names and fellow developers signed and endorsed this. Is this rather precarious realization directly related to the opening and the easier access to the other realms? I'm, I'm not going to directly relate it to Heaven's Cross because there was a movement for a long time right. before that. It's, uh, but I would relate it to consciousness. And now with Heaven's Cross and more consciousness, you'll find a lot more uh, people outspoken about artificial intelligence, a lot more debate about it, and uh, more global attention that should be given to it because it's perhaps the most potentially frightening thing on the planet right now, uh, above wars and everything else, and it needs the it needs the light shined upon it. Uh, and again, it can be of such a benefit to humanity. Uh, artificial intelligence and technology, such a benefit in healing, in in uh, making life easier, uh, less less tedious, and uh, less people working at boring labor kind of jobs uh, artificial intelligence can and technology can transform the planet but equal it can also destroy the planet and that's exactly at the point we're at right now that it can go either way and that's why you're here that's why you've brought in more consciousness that's why heaven's cross occurred okay in the early hours of march 23rd the day after Heaven's Cross, scientists reported a crack in the Earth's magnetic shield that they didn't see coming. It caused very unusual pink and purple auras, uh, and the northern lights were seen as far south as New Mexico. 
did this unexpected cosmic event have anything to do with heaven's cost? They even saw that in Australia as well. Mm. Yes, seen around the globe. Uh, and, and the colors were really more purple than anything mm-hmm. or violet. Yeah, of course. Maybe it was just me being happy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and you're going to see more unusual natural phenomena like that, uh, earth phenomena, uh, particularly as, as Gaia is departing and humans are learning to take responsibility for the planet. You're going to find periods of uh, more storms, more uh, na- natural phenomena like the aurora borealis. You're going to see a lot of different Earth things happening, and then and then it'll all go quiet for a while and just be like you're going to feel bored because it's the same process in a way that you're going through changes that occur, and there's going to be storms and there's going to be beautiful days. Uh, but uh, yes, uh, I, I don't know if I directly correlate that, but but we can. Let's just let's take credit for it. Yes, okay. Heaven's Cross created this. What was it called? The crack in the yeah, 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 magnetic you know, shield. Magnetic shield. Okay, we'll take credit. Yes, it was Heaven's Cross in well, Chambra. It's, it's you know, it's it was synchronicity. Later Chambra. Sure, yeah. sure. Uh, and you kind of started to answer this. Guy is leaving. Does the opening of Heaven's Cross accelerate this process of leaving? And will this pro- possibly lead to increased natural catastrophes or natural phenomenon which humanity has to cope with? Or can humanity cope with it? Yes. Uh, and yes, Gaia will leave faster. It will create more disturbances, uh, but not as punishments to humans, not telling them they're being bad. It's actually more awareness for the planet and caring for it and realizing, hey, it's your planet now. Uh, keep, it, keep it balanced. Last question. Good. Since humans can, came from angelic beings and families, where in the process did the human lose their consciousness? This assumes that angelic beings had consciousness. Is that correct assumption? Yes, angelic beings had, had consciousness, of course. Otherwise, they wouldn't be angelic beings. They wouldn't exist. <laughs> it takes consciousness to be able to exist. And where they lost it, I'd like to rephrase that a little bit. They didn't, lost, they didn't lose it. Uh, they came to Earth, the angelic beings, all of you, came to Earth, and it got very limited and compressed and condensed it. It wasn't lost, uh, but it was all in an effort to expand it, to bring it to new levels. But by having this journey on the planet gave you such incredible insights into the nature of reality, into consciousness, ultimately into the I exist. So it was never really lost, but it was put aside for a while. Uh, and now Heaven's Cross is opening that up, and you'll, you'll feel constant reminders uh, about who you truly are. Okay, with that, thank you for the questions. We're going to do a marab at this point, so let's take a deep breath together. A drink if you have one, a toast to Heaven's Cross. A lot of questions uh, about what's happening. Remember, we're 10 days into the apocalypse. Things start to unfold. You'll start to have more and more of your own personal realizations. What's happening is at some very deep levels right now. And uh, when I say deep levels, meaning like the Aniatron or at the atomic level within yourself, the, the atoms and DNA, definitely. 
some of you who have done these DNA tests, say a couple of years ago, uh, try one now after Heaven's Cross. Give it another month or two, but try it after. Watch the difference. The beauty is that knowing that something is happening, and if you feel into your knowingness, uh, if you feel into that for a moment, knowing that something is happening, you don't have to. You don't have to force it. You don't have to try to figure it out or make it happen. It really comes down to one thing I've been talking about for a long time. Allowing it, allowing it. I can kind of joke about all this or be lighthearted about all this. Caldra thinks that I'm perhaps being too, oh, lighthearted about it, but I can because I can see it happening in each and every one of you. And I can see that. Six months from now, a year from now, you're going to be doing that head smack and saying, Oh my gosh, these changes, the transformation that occurred. Why did I waste my time doubting it? I should have just let it happen because it is happening. I want to talk for the moment about the master. It's a term I use that master is the culmination of all your lifetimes, the wisdom of those lifetimes. That's what I call the master. It's rather humanized because the master comes from the human experience, turned into wisdom. It's not like an oversoul, but it's like you could say the best of the best of your all of your human lifetimes. It's a wonderful connection right now because you see, again, it comes from your human experiences now released of their burdens and their stuck energy and now turned into wisdom. Everyone has this facet of themselves, of their soul. Most are not aware of it. Oftentimes, the wisdom that comes from experience. It doesn't come until after the person has died in that lifetime. So oftentimes there's this delay process, but with you now it happens right away. The master is very present, always here in this realm. You don't have to go out there to to get the master. And. If any being at all is talking to you right now, it's not some alien beings or spirit guides. No, you don't have them. If any being is talking to you, it's the master talking to you about heaven's cross. Now, the master is kind of unique because it has been human. Therefore, the communications can be a little bit more human. In other words, not just uh, energy vibrations. I'd like you to feel right now and to sense into the master. It doesn't exist in a specific place. It's just part of you. 
I'd like to have you really take this moment now to listen. To listen to the Master and what the Master has to say about Heaven's Cross, the Apocalypse in you. And the Master is really, if there's any non-physical being connected to you, the Master is the closest. Then you would get into the Soul and the I Am, but the Master is so present. And I don't want you going out and talking to these space cadets, these uh, alien beings. Uh, you're too far beyond that. I don't want you talking to the spirit guides. You don't have any. If you still think you do, we'll give you a pacifier and send you back to Kidney Garden. But you've got this master that will communicate with you. It's it's it is you. It's you been brought to. To wisdom. Right now, in this Mirab, I'd like you to listen to what the Master has to say about Heaven's Cross and about you, about the human in this lifetime and the humans of the other lifetimes. Now, some of you are thinking, well, I don't know how to do that. Yes, you do. You just listen to the Master. It's not off there. It's not some sacred being. It's you, clothed in wisdom. It's not some archangel or anything else, but it's the finest of you as a human. Listen now. Listen as the Master talks to you about Heaven's Cross. Listen very carefully. And it's within, it's not outside. Listen within. Listen. Trust yourself, please. Trust yourself. For many of you, if we'd have done this before Heaven's Cross, you would have gone into mind confusion and doubt and questioning, saying, I don't hear anything. But the fact is that now you just felt or heard something. It's huge. And even if for just a brief moment you could do it without all the questioning or expectations, but to really feel something, this Master, 
master within you. Nothing else, simply just an awareness that it was there. But now, I ask you now to let that the master that is culmination of all your lifetimes, let it come to you right now. Wherever you happen to be, let it come right to you. And then listen once again, but with new ears, a new mind, a new thought. Listen once again. Listen not just with your ears, but with your entire being. Listen. start to realize that it's not just words you get. You might get a few, but there's just a, a feeling, a sense. Like something is there. Let yourself immerse into it now. Absolutely listening with every part of your being as the Master shares with you. fact that right now you're sensing something, hearing or feeling something is there, you know. You're letting it in. You're letting yourself immerse into it now. Without feeling shame or guilt or lack of worthiness, you're letting yourself Feel it and sense it, the Master. Something is happening on a very deep level within you. Many of you couldn't have done this before Heaven's Cross. It would have been too much conflict and 
too much limitation, but now listen once again at the very deep levels. Imagine yourself just taking a walk with the master that you are. Taking a walk in the beauty of nature on a glorious day. Walking side by side and listening. Listening to yourself here, you're listening to you. You've been taught and trained and programmed to listen outside. Or listening inside was too chaotic and too limited, but now you're listening to yourself to through the master. You're listening to yourself. Sensing through yourself, letting yourself just stroll through the beauty of your own secret garden with the master without fighting it or questioning, just allowing it. in this experience, you can feel and sense something is definitely happening. Maybe the human still doesn't quite understand it, but you know it's there. As you listen and feel and sense into yourself, the Master, to know you don't need a, a long string of luxury words that you're just now sensing it the presence of the master as you continue to walk along with the master in the beauty of your own reality your secret garden. Now let yourself become one with that master, integrated into your body, into your thoughts, into your being. It's not like taking in a foreign thing because it's already you now. Just let it be integrated as you walk along and continue sensing and feeling like you're melding and merging together. 
and keep walking and feeling and listening. start to sense into that oneness. No more separation, no more a master being off someplace else, but as you walk, you're walking as the master now. And when you listen, you're just listening to yourself as the master. As you sense, you're sensing as the master, not just as the human trying to hear something or feel something from the master, but now actually sensing as the master. As you continue walking now, as one, as human, as master, starting to even sense the light body, which isn't out there as a little sparkly light somewhere outside of you, but it's right here. You start to realize that this listening and sensing it it's really all just all the same. It's what I call the single sense. Single sense. It's always been divided up before into feelings and hearing and thoughts and smells, but now it's truly just a single sense. There's no longer a separation to the mind and the heart. It's a single sense. Let yourself have awareness through the single sense. As you continue walking in the beauty and the majesty of your own secret garden, you don't have to try to hear with your ears or feel with your heart. It's simply the single sense. Part of the problem before you always split it up and try to hear something or taste something or feel something in the other realms through your human thoughts, which you really can't do. Now you come to the single sense.
instead of harsh, harsh definition, it's simply a knowingness. Instead of having to have delineation of lines between your angelic and human senses, and now it's just the single sense. You can walk in this singularity with you, the Master. I don't have to be using words or pictures. It's a single sense that has all of it in it. All of it. This is also called awareness, also known as consciousness, a single sense, awareness. This is what comes when the veil is opened. This is what happens with Heaven's Cross. For many of you, this would have been hard to do a year ago, six months ago, but here we are at the very subtle levels of what's occurring with the apocalypse. The ability to be in awareness like this, without all the noise and the commotion and the words and the definitions and the judgments, just a single sense of awareness. This is what comes. This is what expands. This is what brings clarity and a flow. Take a good deep breath here into you, the Master, now. Even avoiding words like uh, human and all the other things that soul and master it's a single self as well it is truly the i am now i am that i am this very thing right here is what now it lights up. It lights up. It, <laughs> it starts to ignite all the other parts into its oneness. I used the example before of the embers of a fire. You throw logs on it, nothing happens. You walk away and you come back later, and suddenly this beautiful fire. It's taking everything and bringing it into 
this oneness, single sense, single being. It's a transmutation that's happening at some very, very deep levels. You're, you're expecting so many human things from Heaven's Cross, but it starts here. It starts right with the Master, where so much background and empathy for the human. And now, no longer even the lines between them. A single sense, a single beingness. Feel into that for a moment. This is you. This is the you that emerges in the apocalypse. You can let go of all the noise in the mind and all the trying to figure this out and what's supposed to happen and why didn't something happen. You take a deep breath and come back into the true living master with the ability to have single sense. This is what emerges from Heaven's Cross. Right here. It's single and it's simple. Let's take a deep breath together. And particularly for the realm workers, particularly for all of you who have been out working in the other realms, this right here, this is it. This is the point from which you come back from the other realms, you reunite with the human who now transforms into the master, into the simple, into the singular. For all the rest of you who have been doing the work here on Earth, the hard work, <laughs> challenging, so challenging at times, this is what comes now. No longer having to wonder what comes next. It's so right there. You are the Master. with truly one overall sense. Let's take a good deep breath with that. Good deep breath. So, Shambra, <clears throat> delight to be here with you. Just ten days into the apocalypse, here we are. Now we're going to go into the true beauty and the experience of being a master on the planet. 
as we shed that old human skin and allow that master within to emerge. It was a delight being here with each and every one of you on this day. And remember that all is well in all of creation and over the rainbow. I am Adamus of Sovereign Domain. Thank you.
Why, oh, why can't I? Thank you very much and good night.